0: This is Ellie Newman on It's Relationship. And welcome, thanks for joining us. This is KDPI 89.3 FM, Ketchum. My guest today is Kara Maxwell, and we're talking about her relationship with energy, health, and wellness. Kara has a BA in anthropology with a concentration in physical anthropology an emphasis on medical anthropology, and she's completed graduate studies in MSOM, which I don't know what it is, but we're just going to find out soon, Chinese Medicine at Southwest Acupuncture College of Santa Fe, and the Institute of Classical Five-Element Acupuncture, which you'll also find out more about the five elements as we go, as well as postgraduate studies in Nambudri pads?
1: Nambudri pads. Nambudri
0: pads. Allergy elimination technique, and we'll talk about that too. We're going to talk about the Chinese medicine and acupuncture and the um, allergy elimination technique. What we're going to focus on is her relationship with energy and health and wellness and how it came into her life and how it's affected her life and how it's changed and and, um, improved and challenged her relationships. So welcome, Kara. Thank you, thank you. So I have you. to say, uh, when we started, just before we were both starting to get a little nervous, I get nervous all the time, and uh, Kara started bumping on the top of her head. Actually, she was gently tapping. I was clunking my hand on, on my head. So, Kara, what, what's that all about? Oh, well, there's a point on the top of your head,
1: and it's um, due 20. It's just kind of grounding uh, when uh, I tend to get nervous. I will pound on that point, tap on that point, actually and it just helps calm uh, my nervous system down.
0: And there's points all over the body, right? There's a, a where you can kind of balance with, with a number of points in, in sequence to balance your whole body and maybe calm, calm down your whole system? Yes, there are. So tell us first a little bit about, um, well, the, we, we need terminology, what,
1: what's MSOM? Oh, that's just a master's in science in oriental medicine. So that okay. was the degree.
0: From Southwest degree. Acupuncture College. And, and d- were you just focused on acupuncture or were you also studying other parts of Chinese medicine? In um, that? No, other
1: parts also. There's, uh, f- there's the nutrition aspect. There's the uh, movement, Tai Chi, Qigong aspect, herbs, um, uh, the acupuncture um, and so,
0: were you actually learning Tai Chi? Were you participating yes. in it? It's yes. not just theoretical. You guys no, 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 are, yeah. are. Yes. And and the same with nutrition and other things. Were you were you having um, acupuncture performed on on you? Were you getting like ex- an experiential learning yes. as well? Yes. Yes. It it's a three year program.
1: Um, summers included, so you could do it in four years or you could go straight through for three years. And during that time, you learn all of that. And did
0: you do it three years? I did it three years. And did you stay there the whole time? Did you take any any um, breaks or just there no, for I stay intensive? I in.
1: stayed yes, the whole time.
0: Wow. What yeah. was that like? It was great. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I love Santa Fe. And what led you to it, not to that school in particular, but also the idea of just going in and studying this? Uh, well, actually... There was a place here called the Sun Valley Herb
1: Company that Lynn Walker and Wendy Collins had opened up. Uh, what year was that? I think it was 90, early 90s. And I had graduated from college and had taken a course. My, one of my last semesters was um, a shamanism and healing course in anthropology. And it opened my eyes to all of what healing is and the possibility of what is even health, Um, So that – my mother had actually been into the Sun Valley Herb Company, started talking to them. They were looking for someone to work for them. So I um, moved here and started working for them. And Lynn Walker was an acupuncturist, a pharmacist, homeopath. So I started studying homeopathy with with her and um, a a few other people. I can't remember exactly. I think there were six or seven of us. Um, And so it just all started there. And I remember looking on the shelf, and there was a book – of tongue diagnosis and i opened that book and was just blown away it was a chinese medical book of how you can diagnose according to what someone's tongue looks like and i knew that i wanted a license and so acupuncture chinese medicine um was the way that i could get that license and i studied
0: um, anthropology so i was always interested in other cultures um, I was just going to ask, so with physical anthropology what what was your focus on in those studies? Well, I was really
1: there was a lot of uh well forensic you know you would look at we would have bones from from wherever and you could see certain you know that um in the burial remains, certain parts of the jaw had been broken down, and you come to find out you know that these were the women chewing the the um the boots to soften the the leather. Um, there was also this idea of um, human evolution as it relates to disease and how certain cultures developed, you know, in Bombay, there was this Bombay blood, let's say, and they, they developed a special kind, um, special uh, type of blood evolved over time to, to react to the environment of a certain disease that was there so it would protect them. So it was really that kind of a... Uh, that sort of a thing
0: of how different societies and cultures were dealing with their environment and their day-to-day existence and and what were the changes and adaptations and behaviors and And what
1: diseases certain cultures would have compared to other cultures so so
0: that was a part of the program throughout yes well it
1: was in this physical you know there were there's anthropology I mean yeah anthropology there's physical cultural I was interested in the science physical aspect of health and human evolution was what I going in yes. you were interested yes. in that and that's why you chose it well I was course. interested and in other cultures it. and then yeah. I got turned on to that and I was unbelievable to me okay like this is the yeah. thing this yes. is the thing exactly. that's interesting that matters yes. that is exciting mm-hmm.
0: and then you followed it through and so you've had your practice here in, in the Wood River Valley for more than 13 years
1: Yes. Did you
0: start? Did you come right back after your studies and start that? Had that been your intention? Yeah. From well, the no, that wasn't quite my intention, but
1: that's <laughs> what ended up happening. Uh-huh. So it know. sounds
0: like maybe it wasn't your intention at all. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I was. We were
1: going to move someplace else, uh-huh. um, and then this place just always pulls me back uh-huh. every time I've left. Um and so we my husband and I decided to move
0: back here. And were you married at the time? We that you had just yes on the, yes, the program and yes. so he, Well
1: and, we were not married when we embarked on the program but we went there together. Uh-huh. We met here and went
0: um to Santa Fe together. And did he do the study as well no. in Chinese medicine? No, he did no. something else no. yeah, Exactly. Just life and like no way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so I want to talk a little bit about your practice and and what it includes. But before, I gotta say, like you are just squirming and bumping and knocking and bouncing in that chair. And so the reason, <laughs> one of the reasons that I wanted to focus this talk on energy is because, like you're very energetic. Like mm-hmm. you you are. I don't know, my son Luke, when like she's like a bull in a china shop, like <laughs> or something. Like because you are moving mm-hmm. and going. Yes. And. Has that always been sort of your essence, like from always. the time you were little? Always, always, always. And has that been okay, or have there been times when it it's challenging? Well, definitely times
1: that it's challenging, and it's been okay. But yeah, there are times, I mean, I remember being always, you know, knocking stuff over. I couldn't walk anywhere. I'd have to run everywhere. I just had endless bound you know, bountiful, tons of energy. And I think it definitely bothered my family, definitely had a hard time with it.
0: (laughs) But, you know. And and has this, the study of uh, the Chinese medicine, do you feel like that has led you to be able to focus it in a different way or accept it in a different way or appreciate it differently? Because I know a lot of the aspects of the Chinese medicine are about energy and its Mm -hmm. flow and the Mm -hmm. connection of it. Exactly. Is that?
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, I think that I was drawn to Chinese medicine. Um, I had been interested in internal kind of meditative practice before that. And so I think that I wanted to understand my energy, and Chinese medicine really gave me um, this idea of understanding the cycles of energy and the flow of energy and that it's always changing and it's never, remain, you know, static, that there's, um, there's a dynamic flow to it. And um, yeah, I think that I've learned so much about myself through the practice of the medicine. And um,
0: also just age, I think, helps out also. (laughs) Sometimes, not always. (laughs) It's a good thing if it is. Uh, A scientist, Jeff Lieberman, was saying, that, you know, we are energy. We are a human being and we're you know, then we're cells, then we're atoms. But then when you go down deeper, we are the same energy that exists in the Big Bang, and that's sort of all we really are. Mm-hmm. And that we are sort of consciousness shaped into a human being. But this we are this pure undifferentiated energy. And uh I'll talk a little bit more about that that later. Um, so you have your practice and you you started that after school what what was your sort of intention with starting that practice
1: um i i just love um the medicine and so uh, my intention was just to you know hang a shingle and see what would happen just start practicing chinese medicine and it really was quite simple
0: It was interesting when when I looked up Chinese medicine and I had typed in uh, non-traditional medicine and up it came. And then I thought, huh, you know... It's also often referred to as traditional medicine mm-hmm. i'm going to I'm going to google that, and of course, first thing that came up was also Chinese medicine, mm-hmm. which i'm doubting that that happens really with any other Google search where you can type in something and then type the exact opposite and get the same thing mm-hmm. and So I was thinking a little bit about that and and that medicine in our culture has become um kind of disconnected from nature Mm -hmm. and more and more and more specialized and more and more down to the smaller, smaller unit Mm -hmm. and less looking at the whole person and the power of touch has been eliminated in, in a lot of ways and the idea of the connectedness of everything. Whereas Chinese medicine is, is the opposite of that. It's the whole person. It's the um, connections. It is the, um, the The idea of of something being wrong is the break in those connections so so we talked a little about what drew you to this field, and um were there any sort of surprises to you when you were studying about having such a different take on health and wellness and and medicine than what you had grown up with? Um, I think what I really fascinated me and what I love so much
1: about. Chinese medicine in particular is that You are treating the person. You're not treating a disease. So when people say, oh, what do you treat? You know, of course, living in a town like this, there's a lot of sports medicine, and there's, you know, that is definitely there. But there's, you can really treat anything, because you're finding what is correct and right in the body, and you're really nourishing that, and you're finding where the imbalance lies. And you're not trying to rid the body of anything, because the body has, is giving these symptoms as a signal so that we wake up and say, oh, wait, right, this is just a symptom of a certain um, organ or uh, or element that's out of balance, and our body is trying to give us a clue so that we can tune in and find out what that is and listen. So I think that is what i love so much is that it's very individualized that you would never treat one person with knee pain the same as the other person it's just it's not possible because we're all unique individuals that come in with our own um you know we sure if you injure yourself you injure yourself but there can be underlying um imbalances of why the the why injury, that exactly injury.
0: and in western medicine uh do you feel that the the ideas to more treat the symptom rather than looking at it as a message from the body and and like what's behind it?
1: Well, I think, you know, I I just think that if someone has a headache and you just take the Advil, you know, that's basically what's going on there. You know, I mean, it's like, well, let's get rid of the symptom Mm -hmm. rather than trying to understand is there a hormonal imbalance? Is there heat? Is there, you know, what is going on?
0: What... So, And if you look at it as a communication, uh, which we talk a lot about you know, on the show, is if, if you get sort of a whisper and you don't pay attention and then you get a shout and exactly, you don't pay attention, exactly. then you're going to get a big old knock on the door. Absolutely. And Absolutely. S- so it's, it's, um, if you look at it in that way, it's a very different approach for, tr- for, for uh, recognizing it and even the, the person who's having the symptoms reaction to it. hmm Instead of something's wrong, it's like, oh, my body's trying to tell me something. Exactly. And maybe that's not quite so scary. Right. I think that also this idea of listening, you
1: know, to ourselves, for me, for my patient clients, you know, it's the whole way in which I can even know how to treat the individual because there's not one A plus B, you do this, this, and this, when this person comes in with this. It just doesn't, it's not what the medicine was set out to do. I mean, people do that, and it's, you know, there are people, you know, when for example, if there's adjunct therapy for people going through chemo with cancer. And so, you know, treating those people with those symptoms of nausea, I mean, it is, there. it's a high, I mean, that is at a high level of compassion and trying to help people. So telling those symptoms to go away, I don't think, I see the point and the purpose, and I love to do that because they need it. They're hurting so much. Their nausea, you know, it's, 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 they're miserable. And so if you can, I think that acupuncture can treat those symptoms, you know, but also you look at that underlying root of what the manifestation compared to the root of the disease is, and you try to approach.
0: And in that situation, you know what caused those symptoms, exactly. right? Like exactly. they, those were induced as part of the treatment. Yes. And so you can just straightforward make those, alleviate those so mm-hmm. that the person can eat and rest and exercise exactly. and do all those things to help the body right, to, to get better. Um, and so where does it fit sort of in your life now? Um, you studied it. You opened to practice. Uh, how prevalent is it sort of in, in all of the rest of your life? Uh, it's very prevalent. I, I get acupuncture.
1: Well, I'll go through periods. When times are really busy, um, I will get it less but at least once a month. But all winter and at times, I get it every week. I love it. I think it helps me keep in relationship with it to actually physically experience And do you it. go to another practitioner Are you poking needles? No, in no, yourself. I don't treat myself. No, you, I, you were tapping yourself yeah. on the head. No, I don't treat myself. I can if I hurt my wrist or yeah. something, I'll put a needle uh-huh. in it just to move the blockage there. But no, I, I definitely I go to Mikey Garon.
0: she and I trade um, pretty much weekly. And it sounds like too it's a lot of uh, problem solving and sort of sleuthing. You know, you don't have a set formula when someone walks in, oh, I'm going to do this, Mm -hmm. except in those very limited uh, situations. So, So, you're problem solving. So, what's your approach to that? It's really listening. I think that we, and observing and watching, using my
1: senses, you know, we've got these God given gifts of our senses. And I think that the Chinese taught that our sense of smell, um, this color in someone's uh, face, skin, gives a sim- tells me something, directs me where to go. Um, the sound of their voice allows me to understand where, where the imbalance is. Um, the odor, the smell that someone, you know, gives off. Some people can have a sour sort of smell. Some people can have a Pungent smell. You know, if you start, some people have a scorched smell. You start to really tune into your senses, and then our eye turned into my senses. But then I also listen, so that by listening to someone, so I use those to the the the, my senses to help me choose what organs are out of balance and really focus in there. And then I listen to the person of what they're even saying, and that will direct me to help me choose the points.
0: And you're looking at the tongue. You're taking the measure of the pulse. Exactly, as, as and As touching, touching different areas.
1: Yes. And so you... You touch for hot or cold or, you know, is there color di- uh, variation? Are there a lot of moles in a certain area? It's really very
0: sensorial. For both. For both. I mean, that is a huge difference in distinction mm-hmm. is that you're using, we just described, every sense you have. Mm-hmm. And you have to intuition first study. probably as well, right? Seven right. senses.
1: But you have to study first. This is what I think is really interesting about anything. You know, you have to really study what everything means, right? Like, I've got to know where the points are. I've right. got to understand what they do. I've got to learn the basics and understanding. And then at some point, if all I'm doing is like following someone's symptoms, they're telling me this, this, and I'm not really just sitting back and listening and letting all that go and just focusing in on a person. And in my mind, I'm like, well, is it this or yeah. this or this? I'm, I'm missing the whole picture that's actually sitting right in front of me. I think it's much simpler than, you know, we on our minds can get in the way and make things much more complicated.
0: Right. So Kara, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, we're just talking, start talking about the differences between, and the approaches, difference in approaches between Chinese and traditional, non-traditional medicine mm-hmm. and Western medicine. And one element of it is the connectedness of what you mentioned, the senses and, and the, the whole person also, you know, the mind, body and soul. Mm-hmm. all of those elements are interconnected
1: mm-hmm. can,
0: can you talk a little bit about that sure what what um how I look at it how I was taught is
1: there's the mind the physical the mental and the spirit level of an imbalance in the body and we have to figure out where that imbalance lies some people you know and you can have all three you know someone can just break their that leg. That
0: doesn't seem like that that's not the good thing to have, right? Well, well, maybe, maybe, well, you maybe don't know, maybe, that's no, that's maybe easier, right? spiritually
1: you're you're solid, you know who you are. It's not that, that you cut your foot isn't suddenly that you've been laid out for a month doesn't then emotionally get you. Yeah. You know, you're still yeah. able to be like whatever, my toes cut this is a bummer, but mm-hmm. here we go. I'll just roll with this and we'll figure out
0: Well, I'll do. So also you're you're also looking at people's reactions to. That's how exactly the the injury or the illness. Exactly.
1: Because then there's the person that hurts themselves and can't run or bike or do whatever it is that they do. And it really takes a toll on who they are because they've identified themselves as that action, as whatever it is they're doing, rather than just who we actually are, which is beyond all of that.
0: Okay, and so when you were studying, what you learned was the connection in, uh, between yes. the mind, body, and spirit. and spirit. And and how are you then taught to use that in your approach? Well, there are certain points um, that are spirit
1: points. There's, um, you know, when someone's spirit, there's a spirit burial ground. It's on the kidney channel, meridian, and it's um, on the chest. It's over the heart. Uh, that the, Those points are when someone comes in and there is just no life, you know, they're just like, yeah, bored, everything's flat, there's no joy, there's no, the individual spark that we all have, uh, it it can go out, and so the, there are certain acupuncture points that are meant specifically for spirit level, for mental level, and then for physical. So you just have to pay attention and be able to read. Is this a spirit problem? Is this just a mental problem? You know, I think nowadays most things are, a lot of people are hit at a spirit level. You know, my grandmother, who was 101 when she died, she, it whenever you could question her, uh, was certain things that went on. How did it affect her? It never hit her at a spirit level. It was just one foot in front of the other. You just did what you had to do. I think things have changed. You know, we aren't... And was she connected with yes. her spirit?
0: cuz You also see those people that one foot a- ahead of the other and get what done needs to be get done. But you but feel a disconnection well, with them exactly. when their emotions. No, that's a, that would that not separation. be
1: just a physical level, right? That we would see like, okay, they're saying that. That's why you can't always trust what someone comes in and says, all, uh, um, as well. Like that's why I do use the color, sound, odor, and emotion to diagnose, because we all want to put our best foot forward in front of everyone. We want to believe that we're happy and everything's good. And And especially
0: in our culture, we have all these ideas of of who we we should be, what we should be doing, and how we should feel about it. Exactly. So you know, it takes time
1: for someone to actually open up, and you have to establish rapport so that someone feels comfortable with you. But before that, you can just look at the color, sound, odor, and emotion of someone, and it will help me see what to treat.
0: And so you're also looking for and identifying incongruities. Exactly. We call it a jar, you know, like a... Oh, cool, there's a word for it. Yeah, there is. No, you look for it. You're taught. You're taught that that's part of it. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's just jarring. If someone comes in and their grandmother or whoever has died, you know, and they can't (laughs) (laughs) laugh, (laughs) everything's... They add this... That's... That's saying, wait a minute. This actually isn't funny, you know. Right. So, what is it there? And it, you know, that happens sometimes when people are nervous. But if it's over and over and over again, the same jarring, um, you know, response to something that's
0: an inappropriate response, mm-hmm. we take note, and that tells me which organs are out of balance. Mm-hmm. And and so you said the energy that grandma had. Would you, when in Chinese medicine, would that be referred to as chi? Yeah. Well, qi is basically
1: the vital force. It's energy. It is what separates something from living and not living. And the quality of someone's chi, of of anything's tree, to a plant, to anything that has a vitality that is living. Um, the chi ha- varies on how much it has, you know, like what, where that is. And everyone has different levels. Yeah, I was born with... What was I was born... <laughs> oh, dogs yeah. Got dogs getting worked out. Um, I was born, yes, with a lot of energy and not necessarily everyone is but that doesn't mean everyone should have you know i think
0: it's just that chi is expressed in many individual ways and so what I wanted to talk was next on this like balance but connected with the chi i'm thinking and what you just said that you were born with a lot of it mm-hmm. seems like too in western culture and in medicine we're trying to find this norm right <laughs> everyone should be the same weight. everyone should mm-hmm. be the same level of energy even which i didn't think about before Whereas in Chinese medicine, is there more acceptance of a spectrum of individuality? Like, okay, Kara came into this world with me, and she is bursting, and a grandma with chi. Uh, right. Someone else might not be. And is right. that okay, or are you trying to get everybody to the same level you of can't. this balance? That
1: just creates more suffering. And the whole point is to ease and alleviate pain and suffering that an individual has. And I think that if we were able to accept who we are and what we as individuals have and don't have,
0: want you know, just understanding ourselves um, is so important. And how how have you found your clients to be receptive to that? Of sort of letting you see to be visible, let you see what's really going on with them, for them to really accept and see what's really going on with them, and then move in a direction if needed f- with that and from that. Has has that been? Um, Something that's changed over the course of your practice, from when you first started to now, has it been sort of a a constant challenge, or has it has it changed at all? What's that well, look think, like?
1: I think it has changed in the sense that in the beginning I was so concerned with helping people and doing it right, and you know uh, that kind of approach, some goal at some level, you know. But as I've been doing it, I. You know, it requires you have to build a relate. People come because they need help. First off, you know, they people don't come if they don't need help. So we're un- there's that understanding, and then there is the piece of building rapport, and that takes a little bit of time. But I think if you just give of yourself and open up and just receive someone else, they share because they want to share. Everyone wants to feel and it's safe. It is safe. It's safe. It's safe to right. share.
0: Right. Right. In, in your office. Yes. And so when you first started, you said you kind of went in with a certain idea about it. Was your idea then more, I, I got to f- fix people? Or I was it...
1: Well, uh, yeah, that- I think
0: that it was a little bit, or I don't know that I had to fix them, but I
1: wanted to at least have an effect that was... I, I needed to still see, you know, you practice, you go to school, it's three years, there's a clinic, I did lots of clinical training, but then that's different than going out on your own and actually practicing on people. And so... I trust in the medicine so much more than I did in the beginning. So what you know? was it
0: like that first time? There you are in your office. You're here. Your, your school's not there anymore. You've been in this intensive program for three years, and then someone walks in, and they're, they're – you, well, you talk to them before they lie down. Is that right?
1: Oh, yes. Definitely yeah. talk. I mean, I love people. I'm very comfortable with people, so I think that – I don't feel awkward necessarily mm-hmm. with people. I'm yeah. not. I don't. I don't really get in my way too much like that with people. So I feel like that. <laughs> I love that. I don't
0: get in my. I get in my way a lot. I mean, I do. I'm yeah, not yeah, saying yeah. that I no, don't in other ways, great. but
1: one-on-one sitting yeah. with someone
0: in need—that yeah. is
1: the right place it's, for you it's, you Yes, it's where, the right place where for you me.
0: can be. And has the question changed for you over time with your practice of sort of what's going on with people? Um, has has it become different or larger or smaller
1: i think that it's just a deeper understanding honestly of that i don't know unless i listen i do not know what someone what is ailing someone i cannot pretend to know without listening and
0: if i just listen and trust in the knowledge that i no, so it's an interesting process, right? You went to school for three mm-hmm. years, you got all this information and all this knowledge, and then you're use, utilizing it. So it's become tools rather than the answer, right? You had to exactly. sort of let go of. Having and I keep the continuing answer, like, education, more and, more. and I mm-hmm. mean, I
1: you keep learning, you always do. But at some, it's a funny, yeah,
0: it's a very funny balance like that. And and in the relationship with your client, mm-hmm. who would you say has the responsibility for change? I don't want to call it cure, right? Um, but changing. I think that it does.
1: Often, it relies on the patient, client, but it also is my job to help even for them to understand. You know that that what's going on to give them a picture. Um, of a place to put a language to something so that they can understand and see it. they can trust that I do know what I'm doing, that these needles are doing something. We're putting them in specific points. But if they continue to go really hard in their life, drink lots of alcohol, like if they don't rest, if they really keep going, keep going, not changing certain things or live in a miserable marriage or, you know, have a life but not change much about it, it's not, it's kind of futile, you know
0: and is is that a challenge with your clients or with some of the clients in getting them to accept that balance of responsibility and power because a lot of people will say oh you know if you say that i'm responsible for it then it's my fault and 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 i don't want that because Mm then and you're giving them it's that double-edged sword you're giving them the gift of power Mm -hmm. because look you can change this but with that comes a responsibility of acknowledging what's true and acknowledging their role in it. And it seems, you know, and again, I will say that's a, society, a cultural and society thing here for America. You know, if you trip over the parking lot stalls, you're walking through the parking lot, you know, you're going to sue somebody instead of saying, oh, wow, like, <laughs> I didn't see that. And I tripped and, you know, that's OK. I'm not an idiot, but, you know, I'm going to look more carefully next time um, that that really is. It can be challenging, I think, for people.
1: Yes, but I think it's also you know once you start to feel better once you if you it can be as simple as having blocks in your through the meridians and your energy that is supposed to flow from one meridian to the other you know it 's on this twenty four hour clock and it just flows, and there can be blocks in that that people won 't feel well right, so then they do basically I think the changes are easier to to make once you start to feel better and understand like, oh God, I didn't even realize that I wasn't feeling well or that this choice I was making, oh, I didn't even see how because our culture is set up in a way that is not really in align with nature and living in accordance with so that nature. So
0: that once you can understand that, maybe it's not so scary that's to have responsibility yes. for it, right? Because yes. you feel some control over it. It's not like being responsible, responsible for something that you can't control or understand. No. And so maybe that's a big difference. And then you learn acceptance. What you can't, you just start to like, okay, how can I work
1: with this? You know, I think it's when you have a certain picture of how you want something to be. And it's same with me with a client. If I have a certain picture in my head it's you set yourself up for missing out on what what else there is, which you know is very uh, it's the dynamic, interesting part of life that flow that you can get in.
0: Right. And I wanted to ask uh, Kara, is it a, a very different experience for different clients? Very different. Very different. I mean, someone can come
1: in with extreme anxiety, um, depression, you know, compared to someone that has just had. ACL surgery. I mean, it's just a different experience. Yes,
0: and, and people's reactions to it as well. And and I know. Yes. I just want to say <laughs> I have visited Kara, and I am sort of a needle phobe. <laughs> and uh, instead of sticking the needles in, which she's done a couple of times, um, she you just do acupressure.
1: Exactly. Some people love the needles, and some people are just cannot handle them. Some people you can put one in. Some some a client of mine I can just tap a needle in, and I cannot. Actually, insert it deeper and even get the chi and tell the chi what to do. She just wants me to tap it in, and she says she has effects from it. Where others, they want strong needle sensation at the end of the needle, getting the chi. We call it.
0: And and so and it's so that is actually when you're sticking the needles in, you're you're connecting with the chi and you're shifting it and moving it exactly right and across meridians exactly. and connecting it up or how does that work exactly? Well,
1: it you know, you, there are certain points do certain things. Um, there's a tech, there are techniques for tonification. There's techniques for sedation. There's techniques, you know, if there's excess in the body, you want to sedate it. If there's deficiency in the body, body, you want to tonify it. So it's all in the way either you place the needle with the flow of the meridian and against it. Do you do clockwise, counterclockwise? It's,
0: there's, many um there's quite a few techniques complex and are you noticing when the chi is moving is that something as a practitioner that that you are aware of yes definitely yes you can see
1: um especially people if there's been big blocks um and you release those it is like you know, waking up after being asleep. I mean, it is an incredible sensation to finally have movement and flow back where there's been just
0: blockage. So, um, yeah. And it was interesting because I I heard a gal who's the head of um, an organization in San Francisco of some sort of Chinese medicine, and she was saying in her lecture that, well, it's not something that has been scientifically proven or it's not something that we really understand how it works. Um, but maybe that's just in Western Mm -hmm. terminology of proving something, because it certainly seems that you can see that it has worked or not worked. And there are certainly, you've given us an explanation of how it works. Mm -hmm. Have you run into that at all? That, that sort of, um, wall of, you know, prove it kind of attitude in, in our culture? Oh, definitely. Um, Definitely. But I tend to, you know, I don't
1: really worry myself too much with that. I mean, I'm not, you know, there are those wonderful people out there that are, you know, out there trying to get laws, things changed, laws passed, really be the voice for the medicine. And I'm so grateful. I am not quite that person. I'm on a smaller scale individual
0: uh, kind of person you know i 'm not so political with, and and with your clients, is it something that you discuss with them about how it works or what it works, or uh, have if they 've come to you are they already pretty open and ready to trying it
1: they 're pretty open to trying it um, definitely, and I do explain if they don 't understand um, I think it 's really individual once again what everyone 's you know it 's just how familiar most people living in this place. Um, in this valley are quite familiar with it, um, and so it's different than when I go to, say, my family um, in Kansas. You know, to them, they just just can't even... The okay, idea. So,
0: I, so I wanted to talk about that, mm-hmm. if they get it. Do mm-hmm. your family and friends get it? Um, I think, yes, that my immediate
1: family and my friends get it. Maybe not all of them, but... You know, that's okay. That's not necessarily why we're friends, you know. So, but do my family, they're very supportive. You know, do they, are they regular people? They get acupuncture regularly? No, not necessarily. No, but that's okay. And does my family in Kansas, uh, do they get it? Uh, I don't think so.
0: And do you see that changing? Because it's now insurance will cover it. Right? Yes, yes, and a lot of the hospitals yes. have adopted some form of Chinese medicine as an alternative exactly. or in support of Western changing. medicine. So it's definitely. changed. And has your role in the relationships with your family and friends changed since you've been doing this, or the way that you're relating I, to them? Um, I think,
1: at some level, I mean, yes, and that I have knowledge about something and my family and friends that respect what I do and respect me and trust me. So I think that, yes, they, there's an interest. And if they've got a question or, you know, there's that sort of a, uh, that has changed over time of doing it and becoming, you know, just the more you do something, you become,
0: do you feel like it's changed your attitude toward life events? Chinese medicine, Chinese medicine, practicing it.
1: Yes, because I think it's, You know, it's so – it's such a – there's a a paradigm that it's moving from, you know, and it gives me uh, an understanding that it's dynamic. Everything is changing. There's always a flow. The energy in the winter goes deep within, and in the spring it shoots up. You know, there's a flow in which energy moves. And is that
0: connected with the five elements? Yes, that is the – So what are the five elements?
1: Um, There's fire, fire. uh, let 's see here <laughs> fire uh, earth, metal, water, and wood, and they all are related to different um, times of year so fire is summer uh, late summer uh, is earth element after that is the when everything is going back to the earth uh, is the metal. That's when the leaves, it's the, the organs of the lung and the large intestine are the time of metal. Um, it's the fall. Then winter is the kidneys and the bladder, and that is the, uh, winter when the energy, when everything appears to be asleep or dormant, but it's deep in the roots of the earth or deep in the reserves of our body. Our energy naturally goes deeper. Our pulse gets a little deeper that time of year and then spring um, which is the wood element which is this force of energy that is so it's you know it's when you're riding on the bike path and you see on the bike path one blade of grass breaking through the bike path you're like how is that possible that has so much power in it you know that blade of grass because it's the energy of the wood element that's doing that
0: it's that and we have all of that within us so it's very huge topic. So the practice, not even the various elements within ourselves and our senses and our abilities and our energies, but with the actual physical environment of nature. Well, it's based
1: on, the medicine is based on observing nature and seeing how things have a life cycle and how they die and what, where, you know, watching this cycle, watching animals being born, humans, you know, it's this. And that, huh, maybe we're part of that. Exactly. (laughs) And that if we don't live like we are, we become ill and sick Mm -hmm. and not
0: well. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, with relationships with your family and friends, that you are coming from this sort of new and unique reference mm-hmm. uh, within our culture, are there times when that is not acceptable? You know, or or do you have a hard time sometimes looking at someone going through a challenging situation where they just are not willing to see any of that? Or do you try to try to get people to see it in in your day to day relationships when you're not practicing?
1: You know, that's the kind of person I am. I don't I tend to say what I feel and think and see. I mean, respectfully, of course. But I
0: think that, uh, you know, I think that I share that quite a bit. So you're living trying to you're living and consciously living authentically from from your perspective. Well, I'm definitely yes. I'm, and has that
1: been challenging or or not well, really? Well yes, because that's always changing and if you want to live that authentically you have to really look at what's holding you back from living authentically and what, what that is and, and then to be able to do that kind of internal work is not always easy and it can be painful. and do you
0: have a support system for that do you have a network of friends or yes people that definitely you look to definitely i do and are they here in the valley and they're here in the valley you yep. have, I have great friends you studied with
1: and, uh, both you know i think it, it it depends but both you know within the medicine here uh, with other acupuncturists um with close
0: friends with my family i feel uh blessed and definitely supported and you said you've you continue to study i think mm-hmm. with the um, allergy uh elimination techniques mm-hmm. is that a newer addition and that's to a your new repertoire? Oh, that was
1: yes that was when was that but that was 2006 so i don't know if, Yep, yep was newer but it's been a while now um yeah and then at the end of next month i'm going to go do a sports medicine deal for in san diego with this man that is really um well renowned and great, so you know you just have to for your license keep learning, and um, so that's what we, I do.
0: And is it connected to Chinese medicine? Yes, it's all they, acupuncture. Could you talk a little bit about the the um, allergy elimination? Sure. The allergy elimination was some uh, this
1: woman um, Nambujerpad. She was a uh, chiropractor, MD, acupuncturist, and she had years and years of Her health was horrible. Uh, She had allergies, and she came to see that through studying all these different uh, modalities, uh, she came to understand that her, so wild, she, that she would have, um, she had an allergy. She created sensitivity to certain items, and by actually needling massaging these certain points on the body while holding the item that she had the um, sensitivity to that that would shift the the allergen like it would shift her reaction to and so she built and it's all based on muscle testing so it she built uh, her health back up I took a course with her I don't remember how long ago but you know she was coughing and coughing and she, her husband brings her a cup of coffee. She wanted coffee. So she had like muscle tests. Could she drink this coffee? Couldn't she drink this? Like everything the woman does. She muscle tests before she does to see if her body's going to react to it or not. So And
0: so does that make intuitive sense to you? Because some people might look in that and be like, uh, rolling
1: their eyes and like, okay, hokey pokey, hocus pocus, like really? Yeah, that one for me, I needed that one proved. Mm-hmm. I studied it. Obviously, I wouldn't have studied it if I wasn't found it fascinating and interesting and um, but I needed that one I needed to see it do it experience it because I that one's just was harder for me to really get my mind around and grasp it and so
0: was it seeing the effects of it seeing it work that made it work seeing it work which you know if you look at western medicine a lot of it even though it pretends to be Other is they don't really know how the certain medicine makes the body do something different. They know what the medicine makes the body do. Mm -hmm. They might not really know the how piece. Right, right, right. You know, what Mm -hmm. are all the effects it has? It really is telling the body to make some sort of change Right, in all of its parts. And do you feel there is a place for Western medicine alongside of Chinese medicine? Oh, gosh, absolutely. I am not a... I'm not a Western medicine hater by any means of, at all, so definitely. This is Ellie Newman on It's Relationship, and I'm here with Kara Maxwell. We just got about 10 more minutes to talk about her relationship with energy and uh, Chinese medicine. And I wanted to talk a little bit about traditional, non-traditional medicine and the community. And, uh, Kara, your, your role in it. Do you feel as a practitioner of medicine that you are uh serving the community in some way do you sort of look at your relationship to the community as something that's defined in relationship to your practice uh yes i do i mean i think that you know i spend a
1: large portion of my day working and with people and so and it's one of the most fulfilling parts of my day is this ability to be
0: of service at some level to people and is are there certain unique challenges here? We talked to, to people that are um, service providers in the Valley in all different ways, and there's always the issue of anonymity when you're doing something that's personal. And, you know, really in this Valley with, with a lot of areas, is that something that you've had to work around or work with? You know, no. I think that I am who I am
1: in every aspect of Life, right? I am that same person. And so, you know, I just think as long as I'm living my life true to myself, um, authentically, then I don't worry too much about that kind of a thing. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I think it's it's extremely admirable and very unique. But I mean, it doesn't mean that there aren't times that I, oh, gosh, should I, you know, question myself. But then I have to just, I mean, I am who I am and I am really out to. Do no harm and really be of service, so
0: do you feel that that your clients come in with any sort of apprehension of because as you said you really have to for this to be effective you have to let them the client has to be seen and let you see them mm-hmm. and is that ever uncomfortable or inconvenient at the soccer field or in a restaurant or in your social life or in the line at the supermarket
1: uh, not for me I mean maybe it is for other people, but no i, I, I no, I mean what what is discussed in a room is discussed in a room, right? I mean, I think there's a real relationship that's developed between people and a mutual respect and love, and I think that it's you know it's just and it's great to that, see someone out on the street. You've developed yes. a
0: sense of, of boundaries and exactly. trust, and and a sort of agreements about. Exactly what your relationship is Mm -hmm. within the office. And And as long as they feel safe and they know that. And is that something you're consciously fostering? Do you have a discussion about that when a new client comes in? Uh, Yeah, I definitely let them know.
1: You know, when people talk about real personal things or I can tell that people are nervous, Mm -hmm. definitely. Mm -hmm. I I don't leave things to question. You know, I kind of like to address things.
0: And one step beyond then the, the local community, maybe the broader community of of, you know, the country, the world. Do you feel that your practice has a connection and a relationship to the broader community, to the environment, to the community? Do you feel that by the work you're doing, you are affecting yes. the, the broader community? I do. I
1: feel that I'm affecting an individual, and an individual is part of a greater community, and that, you know, my goal is that people can tap into and find and rediscover the thing that makes them unique and fired up and want to go out and love and live and be in the world with all that they can be. And so I feel like in that sense, yes, you know, I do uh, think it affects the greater. But like I said earlier, as far as, I, you know, I work more with the individual and in the smaller level. But I think that, you know, we're all connected. It's a a closed system that we're all part of. And so I think
0: there's no way not to. The scientist I had mentioned earlier, Jeff mm-hmm. Lieberman was talking about that maybe if we could see ourselves as a part of the whole, that like when you look at the ocean and you see the wave and you look at it, I think of kind of being separate from the ocean, but really the wave is a mm-hmm. part of the ocean mm-hmm. and that, that may be the, the, um, route to ending sort of all of psychological suffering, that this sense of oneness, the trillion of neuroconnections, you know, that get changed through meditation and the feeling of oneness, and the sense of sort of pure energy, that we feel whole and interconnected and that maybe we aren't alone, you know, you say, oh, you, you were born alone, you die mm-hmm. alone, but maybe that's completely wrong. Mm-hmm. And that the entire world is your body. Well, right, and I think that, you know, that idea of the
1: ocean and the um, the wave on the ocean, you know, it's that that same idea that they use to talk about the mind. You know, it's that our mind is the thing that separates us out. It is our belief system. Um, it's all this conditioning that's been put on us that that is creating this separateness
0: that really is not even there. You know? And so when you're working with a client with Chinese medicine – is it? Do you see the person transforming? Not just maybe what they came in to change, but but the person as a whole. Well, you can't. Yes, someone? the
1: thing is, when you cannot separate the body, mind, and spirit, like they, it is one. Now, there may be where it's hit the most as far as the imbalance lies, but by t- touching the body, you're affecting the spirit, and by you know settling the mind, the body is relaxed and the spirit is able to just you know, grow bigger within ourselves rather than it being blocked where it's been stuffed down or so I think, um, yeah.
0: And so you've been doing this for 13 years. Do you see clients who have come to you a long time ago and are now still coming to you? And, and do you see a a larger change Uh, with some of the people like that, that if they're doing this work continually, uh it's not sort of like you might go to the dentist, you get your teeth cleaned, you get a cavity fixed, you go back, live your same life, you come back you know six months or a year later, and you you go through the same routine and you're sort of they 've made have changes as, as growing older and in life, but with are you seeing sort of more profound changes in the individual absolutely. that that you work with more on a continuous basis? absolutely, but
1: they will come for a period and then not and then come for a period you know it's it's it depends on what stage of life what 's going on. Um, but there have been profound changes. People shift things in their lives. You know, I think it's
0: possible. It's, you see it all the time. And you talk a lot about sort of finding the imbalance Mm -hmm. is what you are, uh, trying to achieve is a balance and what does that balance look like? Well, you know.
1: That is individual, of course. But yes, certain there should be a flow of energy that goes through the body, you know, that it runs through the meridians um, at certain times of years. Like I said, we're related to nature. So it depends on the time of year, how our energy is. But basically, you know, you have these symptoms, like I mentioned in the beginning, that are signals that something's not functioning right. When things are Right, they're just right. You know, they just it flows, and it's not you don't have uh, headaches and sore throats, and you know you don't get symptoms when things are balanced. So, does that answer Your question? It
0: does. It does, and that's also to me like an amazingly large thought that that if you're in balance, you don't have these things, and I don't think that that's what we are brought up to believe. Well, I don't know that you
1: don't. We're human, right? right. We're living a life. Like things come up. But how, how well we move past them, how well the body is incredibly – it's so smart. It, we don't have to do much. You know, we just tell, give it a little signal to do – go in balance and it does it is so wise and smart so So it's not wants to be in balance it's it's striving to be in balance and the chinese teach believe at least in the classics that if you live in accordance with nature in the winter if you go to bed a little earlier in the morning if you wake up and go to the bathroom first thing you know there are certain laws of nature and if we follow these laws of nature health ensures
0: it just it's what is is part of that gaining an acceptance and a trust in nature and in our bodies and in ourselves that we might not sort of have, um, maybe we had it innately, but maybe we lose as we grow up. Definitely. And it's just
1: becoming in relationship and learning to look at things from that perspective. You know, I think that's more is that people, I just think if you shift how you see things, uh, that's part
0: part of the whole battle. And you're shifting how things are seen by creating an alignment and a balance within the energy in the body. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading the pulses and tongue. And and so it's the chicken or the egg, right? Does the balance then create that? Or do you have to find that before you can create the balance? Or is it happening simultaneously? Which? The, the idea that uh, if we're living in balance, then... The, the body is sort of happy and that then to get the body happy we sort of have to be living in balance i think it is i do i think it's unique to each of us and it is ours to discover what that is and so we that's have the to, unique part i really do we will think. come in with a different puzzle mm-hmm. but it's all about finding that that our own personal individual balance mm-hmm. and alignment with nature and in our relationships hmm Well, great. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you come back and listen next week on It's Relationship, Monday mornings at 11. Thanks for staying with us. Thank you. For all my people, for all my people. Check
1: write this today so when world war three starts i can look back and know what i was thinking i was thinking wouldn't it be nice if i could have all the people i love the most of my life close outside of when i'm dreaming i wish she was here we could be in love and fuck off i wish drizzle was here so we can get famous instead of the rest of the bullshit we are